Thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Well, good morning, everyone. It is so good to see you today. Let me get my my microphone on here. Over the last few weeks, I have had several people come to my office and they've sat down with me and they've and they and they've shared some things with me. Um, one of the things, one of the great concerns that everybody in this church has about my preaching is that I'm going to fall off this stage. How many of you are, when I get this close to the stage, you're like, oh, he's fixing to go over. All right. I've never fallen off the stage yet. Now, I have fallen going up the stage one time um, and nearly fell in a baptistry. There's a video I've got of that floating around somewhere. Uh, but, I, but I think it's funny. There, there's been several people that have come to the office and they've sat down and they've had a real serious look on their face like, they're fixing to really tell me something, like, and like I'm kind of nervous about it because I'm thinking, okay, what did I say Sunday morning that could have got me in trouble? Like, that's what I'm thinking. And they go, my greatest concern is that you're going to fall off the stage. So I will try my best not to fall off the stage, and maybe I won't get as close to the edge of the stage as I normally do, but um, I've not fallen off yet. But I do appreciate your concern, and I and I, and I chuckle a little bit that so many different people have come and shared that with me over the last couple of weeks. Um, let's see. I've got some things that I want us to touch on very quickly. First, uh, uh, Eric handed me this. Uh, Caleb Baker has tested positive for COVID-19, so please remember him in your prayers. And I'm also glad that he added this last part while they're sitting down there holding my baby. The family has not been around Caleb over the last several days, so they're, they're not... Uh, in any danger of of catching it from him anyway. So please remember Caleb uh, in your prayers at this time. Um, I want you to know, okay, here's some things I want you to know. Number one, today today excites me. Today excites me to, to have a day where new leaders are put forth and we're able to look at a new opportunity, a new chapter in, in the life of this particular church family is an exciting day. I, I love I love when when newness happens, and and we've needed some newness over the last few months, haven't we? How many of you have gotten tired kind of doing the same thing over and over and over? I mean, I remember when when we opened up the church building back several months ago, and we have a great number this morning, and I'm so glad you're all here, but that first Sunday, we had over 170 people here because... I think it's partly because people love God and people love church, but it was also because people were just excited to have something new to do instead of just sitting at home like they had done for the last two months. We love new, and and in church work and in church growth, new is something that needs to happen in your church family on a regular basis. If new things don't happen, then you become complacent, then you become uh, become just kind of sitting still with where you are, and 
And church growth doesn't happen. Church decline happens. And so I'm excited about this moment. And I'm excited about the two men that have been put before us today in Jamie and in Brian. Uh, I don't know them as well as many of you do, but in, in the time that I have been able to spend with them and get, have gotten to know them, they seem like they are going to be fantastic leaders and shepherds of this church. And as uh, Danny said earlier, please, over the next two weeks, Pray very diligently for those two men, and not just for those two men, but for Danny and Ricky as well. Pray for their wives. Um, it is just a, a time of, uh, an exciting time, but a time of transition as well. And sometimes transition can make us nervous or we can find some anxiety in that. But I know that God is blessing us with these two men, and, and I cannot wait until uh, we get to kind of make all of that official uh, and begin to be working together in our new in our new capacities. Uh, speaking of new, if you will, uh, if we can go back to the slide for um, what's it called? Adopt a, the adopt a school slide. Uh, we're we're announcing today a cool new ministry opportunity. Uh, um, this is something that me and a handful of other people we've been kind of working on, trying to get rolling, trying to get things set so that we can announce this this morning. But we are going to start a new ministry program uh, that's going to be kind of an ongoing thing through the school year, to where every year we are going to adopt one of our local schools. Uh, in an effort to encourage the teachers of that school in a very Christ-centered way, in a way to encourage the staff, encourage um, just, just everybody that's involved in that school. If you have a, a newsletter, you'll see some of the details of that. But what we're going to do is we're just going to take time to, to, to do little things throughout the month to, to just spread some love to those teachers and those staff and faculty members. Uh, we're going to acknowledge their birthdays with some small birthday gifts. We're going to ask our church members throughout the month to, to take a list of teachers and, and just sit down and write a card for them. Uh, once a month or so, we're going to try to provide a meal for the, for the staff and the teachers, whether it be a lunch meal or, or a breakfast, a special breakfast on, on one of their virtual days when they don't necessarily have students. Uh, we have a, uh, so many of you, we have, of all of our families, 22 families are represented here, that are represented here, work within our school system. 22 families. That's over half of our families of this church. You have a great opportunity every day to let your light shine into this community and touch people's lives. And we want to support you in that. And, and, and as we go through this, we want people to know that it is your church family that is trying to encourage like this. And we want you to, to be able to be proud of us as we support you. Now, this year, we are going to focus our efforts on the middle school. And we will start those efforts, start doing certain things for that school starting in uh, the month of October. We need a, a handful of other people to come on board with us and help us kind of in a planning kind of way with this. So if you want to be a part of this uh, on kind of the planning board side of it, please let me know. And we will plan a time very soon to get together and talk about some details. And then the next kind of the last most important part of this is if you are a teacher in the school that we are adopting for that year, we want you to simply enjoy being blessed. We do not want you to come on board and help plan. We do not want you to, um, to be a part of, of the doing. We want you to be a part of the receiving. So that if you're in the school that we're adopting that year, please just be a part of receiving the blessings that we are trying to shower upon our school system. All right, I'm already out of breath.
Let's go to God in prayer. God, I'm so grateful to be here this morning and to be able to, to share your word and share opportunities and, and, and just to be a part of an exciting day to where we announce uh, new leadership and, and we prepare for, for newness and, and, and great change that is coming before us, God. God, I know I know that you're getting ready to bless us. We have, we have been through our, our challenges and difficulties over the last few months, um, but I'm so grateful for a church family that despite the challenges, I, I've not seen people give up. I've not seen people give in. Rather, I've seen people grow together. I've seen people continue to push and to continue to focus on the most important thing, and that is you. And I, and I thank you so much. Uh, for the family here at Ninth Avenue and, and the perseverance that they have shown over the last six months of, of this challenge, God. God, I pray, though, that as we do continue to move forward, that we will do so always seeking your will, always making you the focal point of everything that we do, and not get caught up in our own desires and our own wants and our own wishes, God. But may we, may we always be as Christ-centered as we possibly can. Be with us today as we continue this series on baptism. May we be encouraged. May we be uh, strengthened, and, and God, if, if those uh, that need to put you on in baptism, we pray that they will make that decision, God, and they will uh, do that uh, in a very soon time, God. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to keep on moving through this series of Raised uh, raised to life, a study on baptism. Last week, we jumped into this head first, and we talked about a lot of things. We talked about the importance of baptism. We looked at several different passages that, that show the essentialness of baptism. And, and, and then finally, we ended on, on a passage in 1 Peter where we talk about how many times our, our view of baptism and teaching of baptism and, and maybe some other religious groups' teachings are maybe all part of the picture. They're part of the plan, and, and we focus on one side and they focus on the other. And Paul comes in and says, hey, it's, or rather Peter comes in and says, it's your baptism that saves you, but it's also the pledge of a good conscience that makes that baptism valid in many ways. Okay, If you don't have that pledge to God, if you're not pledging your heart to Jesus, your baptism is just getting you wet. And that's what Paul said, or Peter says. He said it's not just the removal of dirt. Hey, it's not just getting wet. And, and so we, we talked uh, for, for quite, a time, quite a while Sunday morning last week about this particular subject and idea. But one of the things that as I've studied, one of the things as we talked last week, and I've continued to study into this week, that has really touched me and, and convicted me is that this topic of baptism, number one, is is the most important thing in Scripture. Okay, it's the most important thing in Scripture because never in Scripture do we, do we read about um, orders of worship saving us. Never in, in Scripture do we read about a, a lot of other things saving us. I'm not saying those things aren't important. We don't need to do those correctly, but what I'm trying to make the point is, is it is our baptism that puts us in the grace of God. It is our baptism that puts us into the grace of God. And then from there, we grow and, and, and we try to learn. And we, we sometimes we're going to mess up and sometimes we're going to fail and we're not going to do things the right way. And sometimes we're going to do things that, that we just excel in. But regardless of, of where we fall, that baptism puts us into the grace of God so that when we do fail, 
God's grace covers us. His blood cleanses us. And when we do succeed, God gets the glory for those things, not us. The next thing that I have found very important as I've dove, have dove into this study is that baptism, and we mentioned this last week, baptism is supposed to be a unifying factor in Christianity, not an issue of division. And across the board, in different religious uh, groups across the board, baptism has become more of a divider than it has a unifier. Salvation has become more of a divider than it has a unifier because you've got your way, you've got your teaching, we've got our teaching, and, and instead of trying to come to common ground on it, we have used it to, to show a difference in us. Well, we're different than them because of this, and they're different than us because of that. And so this is supposed to be an issue that unifies us, not divides us. And, and I hope and I pray, I, I've talked to, to several people this week uh, about that topic and about that idea, and, and it's something that some people have never thought about, but something I think is very powerful, which is why I think it's important for us to spend time studying it and making sure we understand what God is really saying here. Uh, I've got a lot that I want to say this morning, but what I think I'm going to do is, is, is that we're going we're gonna to dive into part of this this morning. Uh, and then we're going we're gonna to stop halfway through, and then tonight on our, our Facebook Live, we're going to finish it up because there's just a lot that I want to say, and, and for, for sake of time and, and different things this morning, uh, we're, we're going to divide this up. So the very top statement here, where we've been wrong, I, I put that in my, my, my notes earlier this week, and, 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 and I even put it on my slide, and... The more I have thought about that, maybe that's the wrong impression of what I want to talk about today. I think that we all have a tendency, if we're not careful, to get wrapped up in tradition and to get wrapped up in the way that we do things and the way we think about things. And many times the, the challenges of tradition come about, or not challenges, but a lot of times tradition comes about, number one, because it makes us comfortable and it makes us safe, and it's just the way this certain place has done things for a while and, and we're used to it, but also Tradition comes about when another religious group does something one way, and then because of that, we react and do something another way. Okay, We want to be different from them. So traditions are created. And, and traditions are a challenging thing, because can traditions be a good thing? Yes, absolutely. The tradition of a monthly fellowship meal is a wonderful thing. I love monthly fellowship meals, and I can't wait till we get back to it for a lot of different reasons. But... I mean, you look at me. I look like a guy that would love monthly fellowship meals. I'd be okay if we did a weekly fellowship meal. That would be great and fine with me. Um, so, no, some traditions, some traditions are good. But if we're not careful, traditions can work their way into our doctrine. And when traditions work their way into our doctrine, then is it doctrine truly anymore? No. It's not. And so we have to be mindful of that. And maybe a better way to think about these ideas today is as we think about baptism and, and the way we teach it, the way we approach it, maybe instead of saying where we've been wrong, maybe it should say where we should be mindful. Okay, Where we should be mindful. Because I'm afraid where we've been wrong maybe gives the wrong impression because I don't think we've purposefully, purposefully taught um, error on this subject. But I think if we're not careful... 
we can allow our traditions to, to come in and, and, and skew our views a little bit. But so where are some ways we need to be mindful? The first thing we're going to talk about for the remainder of our time this morning is this idea. We have picked a fight with faith. We have picked a fight with faith. Now, again, I did this last week, and, and I'll say it again. I appreciate uh, the things that Larry said around the table this morning because he mentioned three things this morning that are that are vital to our salvation. He said that, yes, our baptism saves us, but what else did you say? You said our faith saves us and grace saves us. And, and as Christians in the churches of Christ, I think those three things challenge us sometimes because we want to go to verses like in 1 Peter and go, hey, baptism saves you and, and make it all about baptism. But, but here's the challenge that we run into sometimes. I'm going to give you a quick conversation that I've had before with people, and I'm curious if you've ever had this conversation with people before. You're having a, a discussion about salvation with someone, and they look at you and they go, hey, you don't need baptism to be saved because you know what John 3.16, right? He that believes... No, that's not, that's, for God so loved the world, I'm getting my verses maxed up, for God so loved the world that He sent His only Son that he who believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He that has faith in Him, he be, who believes in Him. And we come back to that with, hey, I know that's what John 3.16 says, but what does Acts 2.38 say? Repent, each of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, okay? So it's not just about, it's not about believing, okay? It's not about John 3.16. It's about Acts 2.38, to which the response is, well, hey, don't you know what Ephesians 2 verse 8 says? For by grace you have been saved through faith. There's what Larry was talking about this morning. And then we say, no, 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 it's not about grace and it's not about faith. It's about 1 Peter 3.21. Baptism now saves you. Have you ever had that conversation with anyone to where they've had their points of Scripture that they're trying to prove to you and you've got your points of Scripture that you're trying to prove to them and you're doing something very, and I can't think of a better word to use, you're doing something very stupid. You're arguing the Bible against the Bible. Now, explain to me how we can really do that. Explain to me how we can really do that. You can't. One verse in Scripture will never cancel out another verse in Scripture. One verse in Scripture about baptism does not make us a verse about being saved by faith through grace useless. And we've done that. I've done that. Some of you have done that. That we've tried to have heartfelt conversations with people. We've tried to teach what we think is the truth. But in essence, what we've done is we've taken the Bible and you've taken your sword with these words and I've taken my sword with these verses and we have fought them against each other. And maybe that's where the problem lies in the unity aspect. That the reason that we can't be unified on this topic, on this subject, on this action, is because we're too busy fighting about different viewpoints of this particular subject. When really and truly, it's all about faith. It's all about faith. You cannot be saved without what? Faith. You cannot be saved without grace. You cannot be saved without baptism. You see, you have to have faith in Jesus. You have to have faith 
in God. You have to have faith in the fact that the waters of that baptism cleanse you and connect you to the grace of Jesus for it to ever work. Baptism is not an absence of faith, but it is because of faith. And I think part of the problem that I think part of the reason we have this problem sometimes is because of what we call the gospel plan of salvation. And you may think, well, Matthew, what's wrong with that? Okay, you, you, a lot of times, and I wish I'd put this on, on my slides, but a lot of times growing up, I'd see it in a step format, okay? It's a step or it's a ladder. You're, you're starting at the bottom and going to the top. You hear in God, you believe in God or have faith in Him, and that's kind of in a bottom rung, and it's separated from the very top part, which is what? Baptism. We have even visually in many ways, we have separated the idea of faith and baptism in our teachings. And many times, that's not because we don't believe it. That's not because Scripture doesn't say it. But we've done that because this group over here says faith only, faith only, faith only. And we're over here going, no, 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 it's not faith only. It's baptism, baptism, baptism. And we've allowed that argument, we've allowed that tradition in many ways to work its way into our teaching of baptism. Let's, let's look at a couple of passages. Galatians 3, 26-27 says, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through, what does it say? Through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. So is this passage teaching me that my faith saves me or that my baptism saves me? Or is it option three? It's teaching me that they go hand in hand and they both have to be present for my salvation to be relevant in my life. You see, we can't separate the two. They have to go hand in hand with one another. These, these type of passages sometimes may challenge us because you see, as we said, baptism is not in addition to my faith. It is an expression of my faith. It is, in, in, in other ways, it is a confession that I, it is a, a visual confession that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe and have faith in the idea that he, he died on the cross for me, that that cross made him bleed, and that blood, that blood is the sacrifice that cleanses me in my life. Now, I don't think I put this passage in here, no. But one of the, one of the passages that has always not given me pause but has always been challenging in this idea, also comes from Acts chapter 16. And, and Paul and Silas, this is the moment where they were singing in the prison and, and an earthquake happened and God opened the doors and this, uh, this jailer was fixing to kill himself. And Paul calls out and says, hey, look, we're here. And the, at the end of the story, verse 29, and he called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after they brought him out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you shall be saved, you and your household. Now, what does he say is going to lead them, is going to lead them to their salvation? Their what? Their belief, their faith in Jesus. And this is what I think he's trying to say. I don't think he's saying, I don't think he's saying. It is only your belief that saves you. I believe he's saying it is your belief that leads you there. It is your faith that puts you in that position in which you can be saved. And then he goes on at the latter part of the story. 
He says, and he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds, and immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. Now, here's a passage again that there's the idea of belief and faith and the idea of baptism, and they are merged together. They are not kept separately. And then another thing that I want us to think about, another thing that I want us to think about is this. Baptism is not the gospel. It is my response to the gospel. Baptism is not the gospel. Rather, it is my response to the gospel. In our reaction to other people's teaching on baptism, many times I think it has caused us to put an overemphasis on the teaching of the action, or some people might say the ritual of baptism. Uh, I remember growing up, I would, I would pick up tracks out in the lobby and at different places, and I would read a lot about a lot of different things that these, these tracks had to, had, had to say about. And I remember a couple of tracks that I picked up that talked about baptism and what you must do to be saved. And it went through this, this beautiful plan of salvation, but not one time in these, in these lesson tracks that were talking about baptism and salvation was Jesus ever mentioned. And more specifically, His death, burial, and resurrection. You see, it's easy for us to get wrapped up in the idea and to get so focused on it is baptism that saves us, baptism that saves us, that we forget from 1 Peter last week. Yes, he says it's our baptism that saves us. He talks about the pledge of a good conscience, but he said all of it is made possible through the power of what? The resurrection of Jesus. And without that resurrection, without the acknowledgement of that, without the power of that, without that moment in time, None of this would be relevant. None of this would be important. None of this would, none of this would matter whatsoever at all. So we have to understand that this teaching of baptism is only as important as the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's not more important than the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It is only as important. And how important is that death, burial, and resurrection for us as children of God? It is everything. It is the moment that changed the world. It is the moment that changed the course of, of religious history. And in ways, it changed the course of secular history. It is the, the, the fulcrum of everything. And if we teach salvation, if we try to teach baptism, without the true gospel, which is the good news of Christ and what He has done for us, then we are teaching an empty ritual, nothing more and nothing less. And we can't allow that to be our response or our teaching on salvation. We have to be mindful of that in many ways. Okay, I want us to put a pause button right there. And then I want you to join back online with us tonight, and um, we I will share some more thoughts with you on this particular subject, on this particular thought um, later in the evening. And for those of you that that may not be able to do that, if you would like, I will be more than happy to provide you a copy of my notes so you can have the remainder of these thoughts um, as we continue in this particular study. But as I said last week, I know that there are some in this room that, that have not made the decision to be a child of God. And maybe you're struggling with what you've been taught 
in this place and in other places, and um, uh, you, you're confused about different things, or maybe you've just never made that decision altogether, I, I want to challenge you that as we continue through this study over the next couple of Sundays, that, that you begin to pray that God, will, that God will help you come to some clarity that God will help you find some answers, and that before this study is over, that it is my prayer that several of you will take the opportunity to put Christ on in baptism and make that decision. Listen, you don't have to understand all of Scripture. You don't have to understand the nuances of, of all of the Word of God. You have to understand some very simple things. Number one, God is the, Jesus is the Son of God, and He died for your sins, and that it is your baptism that connects you to that grace, and to the blood of Jesus. You don't have to know any more than that. As long as you know that, you can enter into a salvation relationship with Jesus. And I pray that you will do that. Uh, if not today, then very soon. If there's anything that we can do for there is a God. to you. Please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcast. Please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcast, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. Our Sunday worship services are at 10.30 a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. with Bible classes on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then,